Happy Sunday, my lovely congregation, and welcome back to Pillow Talk, the interview series of Pussy Church, where I call some of my favorite creators to talk about their artistic process and sexuality. I'm Lara, an erotica writer and the creator of Tales of Lara, which you can find at talesoflara.com and at Tales of Lara on Instagram. And today, I have a very special episode for you. The amazing photographer and artist Michael Donovan joined me to chat about his work and a drum roll, the new sex shop he's helping me build. We are soft launching the site today, so go check out our humble beginnings and browse through erotic book and film recommendations, artwork you can buy, and fun products I recommend and made for you. So much more to come, <laughs> but you can check out a sneak peek at talesoflara.com and use promo code LARA10 for the early bird special to get 10% off your first order. Without further ado, let's dive into this fun conversation. Amen. Welcome, you guys. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Pillow Talk, the special quarantine edition of Pussy Church, where I talk to some of my favorite creators. And today I'm here with the one and only Michael Donovan. Michael is a photographer, a creative director, a god, as he a claims fucking god. to be. A motherfucking god. Oh, my God. Oh, this is how he said he, I should introduce him, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Did I tell you my email address that I'm, what I'm thinking about? No. What's your email address? So, my new site is themichaeldonovan.com, where you should buy posters and prints. And <laughs> but he's mugs. immediately fucking going into promo. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I should get an email address for this instead of using my old one. I'm like, oh, I should be God at themichaeldonovan.com. You should definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I should. Why not? Why not put your email address as God? You could have a God and a Satan. And so, like, you could tell if I'm like happy with you or not. Like, you, like, you email take me and, the like, Satan email. <laughs> yeah, this like, is for oh, you. I, Satan emailed me back. <laughs> I know where this is going. Well, actually, you'll have like a really nicely divided inbox. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, too, is, you know, you've worked with me long enough now that you <laughs> kind of know, like, when I'm like disappointed. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, sometimes he's disappointed in me. <laughs> it sounds like you're my dad. Hey, I daddy. get disappointed in everybody and everything, so it's okay. We actually worked together. Uh, well, when w- did we first start working together? Two years ago. It was three? like two years ago. Wow, it's been a while. Probably three years. Three years ago, I think. But um, now we're working on a website together. Yeah. Well, it's beyond a website. It's beyond a website. Um, we're working on my new, what would you call it? Platform? I think it's your sex new shop? sex shop is the, yeah. uh, is the way I've been explaining it to people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're starting a sex shop. I'm starting a sex shop, people. Oh, my God. With this the, is the- <laughs> glory hole at the front door. Oh. oh, my God. Why don't we have something about a glory hole on there? This so is this is like- a thing for the, the, for the listeners. Yeah. Our whole thing, a big part of this, we just get into children. <laughs> and anytime I come up with a bad idea like a glory hole, <clears throat> it becomes a thing. And we, every time it becomes a thing. Well, some things don't become a thing. And then he gets really pissed at me and then he uses himself. Yeah. Well, what the <laughs> fuck? I'm a genius. So I give you an idea and you I'm don't like, use this it. Is stupid. And he's like, whatever. I'll put it on my side then. I'm like, all right, well, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically like a new kind of sex shop. Where you get on and then there's different parts get of off, it. You get off, you get on. You get on and you get off. <laughs> so you get on and then there's different parts of it, right? 
kind of like a glorified Tumblr. There's reviews of books and films that are kind of erotic that I like and that you can watch, I guess. <laughs> this is a recommendation. And then um, there's an art section where there's prints of erotic artists and of me. Of me. Of me. Of me. That you can put up on your wall. Go to <gasps> talesoflaura.com. Go to talesoflaura.com. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk a little bit about your work because people really haven't heard about it yet. Yes, they have. I had a whole podcast. I've talked about my work for fucking seven years. All I did is talk about myself. <laughs> I just but interrupt guests and well, I just talk about just, me. That's true. Very true. But um, just tell us really quickly. Real quick. Um, sum up your work for me. <laughs> okay. Imagine if... What motivates you? What's your inspiration? Imagine if... Oh, baby. Um... Uh, when God impregnated Mary, oh, and instead of Jesus being born, it was Michael. Dunham. It was me, and just the that I was like instead of like trying to fix the world, he was like, "I'm just gonna make fucking art." That's what happened, and that's my work. No, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, coming off as like an extreme narcissist. <laughs> He's like either insane. Yeah. <laughs> like we're like, well, you think you're Messiah? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna keep. Well, I like the idea of playing with the Messiah complex because I think everybody has like a little bit of a Messiah complex. Uh, I don't think I'm here to save the world. No, 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 no. I will though. But, but what I'm you're doing kidding. with your sex shop in a way, it's like to save, like it's like to kind of like fix something that's broken. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think on some level, I have Messiah complex. Yeah, you yeah, like maybe I like one percent. Of you or 0.5%, okay. like some yeah. small amount. That's Maybe tiny. like, it's like, I think some people, you look at some people, it's like, it's like 100%. All that I'm doing <laughs> Yeah, but is, they're living on the street, you know? <laughs> yeah, those people are living on the streets or they're running huge corporations. Oh, yeah. True. So anyway, I've just been playing around more with like the, the, the God complex and just like enjoying it, knowing that it like sits in the back of everyone's head. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's a great artist. People, <laughs> no, I'm like. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about the work. Okay. <laughs> he's a great artist. He's a photographer. He's an art director. Oh, he has a thousand um, ideas a minute. The big story that I'm doing is about the two great bookends of life. It's sex and death. You're born yes. through sex. You fuck or someone fucked and you're here mm -hmm. and that's what you want more of. And then you're going to die and you don't want that. So you're kind of like stuck between these two bookends of life and throughout there there's stories and emotions mm -hmm. and so sometimes the work will look right at sex sometimes it looks right at death and then other times it's about the you know the stories and the character and the emotions and the spiritual aspect and blah 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 yeah uh and that's the summary of the work and then what i'm kind of doing is because it's all like a coming of age story as well um so a lot of it is is about those like twists and turns not all the time like sometimes I get a little lazy and it's just like a good image. But mm. a lot of times it's about like those like almost like it'd be like almost like a twisted moment. Like what the fuck was mm. this moment? Like there's a shot that I have of my friend Bailey where she's got like a bunch of cigarettes in her mouth that are like burning. And it's like, you know, it's like, what is that? And it's like this like split between sex and death. It's it like totally what kind is. of weird kinky world. Which, yeah. And but you at can the same imagine, time the cigarettes being like, this is going to kill you. And Yeah. Yeah, but then there's like this like eroticism mm. with it, and it's like that. It's like a coming of age moment where it's like if someone were like, I would love to just be used as like this ashtray. <laughs> okay. Well, no, somebody has that. Absolutely. Like you, you know, you're like oh, okay, but it's like every like no, I know whatever you think of somebody is just like yeah. 
everything's a fetish. I everything's like bizarrely so. You know I what I mean? Posted a picture of my friend Raquel in a bathtub. Right? Okay. It's just her face. It's like a beauty shot of her face, and she's in this bathtub. And I posted on Tumblr, and somebody today posted about, oh, I want to drown. This, you know, and then someone else reblogs it with similar comments about how it's like, can you imagine you're underwater just drowning? And I go to that person's page. It's this girl. Uh, it's this girl that has a drowning fetish. Oh my god, that's so okay. she wants to, you know, in her head, she wants to be like held underwater until she can't go anywhere. And it's all the images or people like underwater. And I'm like, I don't get it, but I totally fucking respect yeah. it for like, as long as you're not hurting anyone else. As long as you're not really doing it. Like fantasy is always fine. Right. But like, I think with, with fetishes where there's always a line to cro- like to draw is about hurting yourself, like majorly or others. Right. Yeah. Like it just is there. And if you're drowning, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I but the thing is, is that if this is something that somebody wants, like if okay, if you're with somebody and they say like, listen, I just want to be like held underwater, and I'll squeeze your wrist when it's like time to come up, but I want you to like hold me as long as you yeah. could. Okay. Would you do it? I mean, I probably wouldn't be able to do it very long. But I'd I've been, be scared as fuck. I don't know. That's kind of nuts. It's nuts, but like I mean, I've done so I'd many so things st- though with partners that ask me for things where my friends were like, "Why would you ever do this?" I was like, "Well, if they get if they get like pleasure out of it, I'm like there to give somebody pleasure, right?" Yeah. Like so, and I really get a lot of out, out of that. Like the face when somebody experiences pleasure, it's that's like the best. Yeah. So I was like, okay, there's pretty far I would go for somebody, but like if they really am hurting, hurting them. I think That's it would like that, hurt, like it would stop. You know, even if if you know some people have like blood fetishes and stuff, and they want to be like cut, and I couldn't yeah, do that. Yeah. Even if they would like fucking come while I do that, I don't want to hurt you that way. Well, there's a there's a part where it's like I don't want to like really have to consider taking a CPR course. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to have to brush up on my CPR. Yeah, and you also and don't, I don't want like have to like the police officer like, come over later and you'd be like, "I'm sorry, officer. I don't know what I did. She wanted it. You know what I mean." Well, that's kind of the that's that's kind of where men are. This is very dark, though. You know, like, you know what I mean. It's like I heard this uh, this joke about um, how it sucks, like how Me Too sucked for women that like it rough. <laughs> well, I think, but you know what I mean. It's, it is, and it's not it, it, because no, 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 if it's you have not, a partner, you play with the part where it is because yeah. we've spent three years, four years understanding that it's not blah blah blah. Yeah. But let's for a moment just joke about the fact that yeah, that really did suck for women that liked it rough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you like it rough without like consent, right? Well, <laughs> well, the, well the, 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 there's that thing where like playing with consent. You know, there's a yeah. lot of women that really want to have, uh, what is it, consensual, non-consensual? Yeah, but that's the thing with BDSM, though, where I think a lot of people are misunderstanding if they're, like, um, not getting how to set up, like, a fetish or, like, a session. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if people are really into BDSM, and often I understand that people are like, ooh, BDSM, that's not me, yeah. but I have this fetish or this, like, fantasy. Yeah. Well, the thing is that, like, with BDSM, there's so much communication between the partners. So much. So much. It's, like, it actually is a great blueprint for anybody who has sex because they talk about consent, about what they like, about safe words, about aftercare, which is, like, when you hug your partner after you do crazy shit. And I think that that a lot of people don't understand, right? Because even if you would do something pretty rough, you know, they have it all set up. They do yeah. the roughest shit, but they are really like safe within that space. Well, the funny thing is like, okay, like I did that shoot recently where 
I told you about where it's like it the, the images are just like this is fucking crazy this is literally where is I, that like the tied up girl yeah okay yeah. and and you know there's a lot going on here because there's she wants blood on her face you know like fake blood obviously like, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> yeah so but you know and she wants to be tied up and you know she has like these ideas and it's like oh this would be great images i know that th- this plays with the whole sex and death thing and uh you know, this is definitely going to be triggering to some people. So that's a that's a bonus. Um. <laughs> it is because, I mean, there is this aspect of like something to be provocative, too. right? Yeah. I mean, clearly. But the point where we got was because we were in nature and she's completely because I do a lot of my I really like shooting in nature because it's just not where people, you know, everything's always done in homes and everything's done yeah. in hotels. And it's like where things are safe. I want a fucking mountain lion around the corner. Scared He's me. like, I want to not be safe. <laughs> <laughs> I really like playing with like the lack of safety because that's the world. That's life. Everybody wants this like homogenized, safe world. But you well, do have to make the model feel safe, though. You, you. This is the thing. Where I was going. My whole, my whole being, once the second that she becomes like slightly immobile for the shot until she's mobile again, completely mobile, 100% of my life is dedicated to making, like clearing her safety. Yeah. Her safety and her comfort. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's this weird thing because like, it's this, it's a funny way where, you know, you're in this like, kind of like in this, in this, on this side, it's like, oh, you're this like dominant role and you're, Mm -hmm. but you're really also hard submissive as well because you're like what does she need does she need are you okay do you need any water do you need and you're looking you're constantly you're not going to be asking like bugging the shit out of this person but you're like constantly paying attention no this is why a lot of people say yeah a lot of people say that like actually the submissive has a lot of control right and the control is that actually the dominant is tending to you right so it is clearly like that i mean i've experienced it before where i I really didn't ever think that. I thought that was kind of a weird way of like tricking somebody into like doing BDSM with you and be like, no, 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 you're submissive, you have control. I'm like, yeah. yeah, whatever, dude. And then I tried it and I was like, oh my God. I felt like I was worshipped. I felt like he was doing everything for me. It's such a bizarre thing. You know? Like, yeah. I you, know, it's like counterintuitive. You everything, know, it's it. literally the second that it's, you know, all the way to the out. And then it's also like, you know, the whole aftercare part of it too, is that you're checking in like, Hey, was, you know, like, were you okay? Was there any parts that like, because the other thing too, is that like, you you know, I want to get more shots. Like I got great images. I want to shoot with this person again, or I want to like, or you want to have this experience, like Mm -hmm. whether it's shooting or it's like a personal thing. Yeah. It's like, you want to have, if you had a good time, you want to have repeat sessions. You want to like make more art or make more sex. (laughs) Fun times. (laughs) Uh, you make more sex. Well, I, it's it's hard too because I'm I'm trying to like I don't want anybody to think that I like cross lines with work. You know what I mean? Like no, you really don't. But I think that's always fascinating. I was just talking about this yesterday, hmm. where I was asked um, how it is to be in front of the camera nude, right? Yeah. So uh, I showed him like um, a preview of my book, right? And there's a lot of nude photography of me in yeah. the book, um, and he was like, you know. It's crazy. I I just realized, I mean, you're completely nude in front of these people, like 360, like completely nude for a yeah. prolonged period of time. Um, and he doesn't work in our industry, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and he was like, how? It's so intimate, you know, because you're never that nude in front of, I mean. Norm- you're never that nude in front of me. <laughs> no, but normal, pe- normal people, quote unquote, you know what I mean, with different jobs. 
the only people you're nude in front of, and I thought it made a good point, is your sexual partners, mm-hmm. your parents when you're a kid, maybe, and then the doctor. Oh, I'll throw in one more. The people that take care of your body when you're dead. Yeah, exactly. But that's kind of like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, and maybe if you play sports, you know what I mean. Um, but or or if you're in ballet, or, or if you're <laughs> or, or, if you're or, in or, acting, or. <laughs> like you're in the a arts. model. Yeah. No, but like, but yeah. but to or do, or <laughs> but to do a lot or of if you're just like a public masturbator. That's <laughs> oh my god. Stands outside of a cop's. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, but I think that's an interesting concept because he was even. He was like, oh, how are the photographers, you know? Um, how do they deal with that? And I'm like, well, they're professionals. That's their job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't really, I'm also very lucky. I didn't get hit on while yeah. shooting. And I feel like the way I set up a shoot is very, um, I don't know, we are there to like collaborate as creatives. as like equals. And yeah. then I'm nude very quickly because I don't want, I actually don't want it to be a slow undressing because that will feel like I'm I'm like kind of shameful, like hiding and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, hey, I'm going to be nude now. Let's go. I think what's funny, too, is. But how do you make people feel comfortable? Because that's I'm comfortable with myself very much. So but like that's a big job for a photographer. Yeah. But I think, you know, the easiest way is that you just work with people that are nudist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it really hit me. It's like uh, nudists. Would yeah, you my describe Rachel, me as a nudist. Well, no. Well, <laughs> like yes and no. You know I'm what I mean? Yes it's like no, yeah. I. It's like uh, I really don't have a problem. Really quickly, yeah. Yesterday, I was standing in the desert next to the photographer, and I'm just like nude, hopping around. I'm like, oh my god, it's so beautiful here. <laughs> yeah, I have this moment where I like it's like a joyful moment on shoots where you know, we're shooting, we're getting the shots and then we're not getting shots. And then you're kind of like just hanging out in nature. And and then you look over and you realize that this person's standing next to you is like completely nude. And I'll be like, you know, like this one girl that I shot recently, I was like, when was the last time you're like, you're just like running around nature naked. She's like, I've never done this. You know what I mean? It's like, this oh, is so yeah. cool that you get to have this experience. Like, yeah. like, is there anything that you want to do right now? Like, go do it. Like, if you want to go run, if you want to go jump, like, whatever the fuck. Do you, uh, you want to scream? They always want to scream. I think it's great when people scream. But screaming naked out mm, in the wild yeah. mm-hmm. is a completely different experience than being trapped in the city or being in an apartment yeah. where you're nude. You know what I mean? I had such a crazy experience yesterday. I was, like, on this, like, dry, we were just dry lake shooting. And we shot um, with the stars, right? So it was night. I was just like naked lying on this floor for such a long time. And this is like this beautiful, I don't know, something really, really beautiful about this floor. But it was just like touching it and kind of being like, wow, this is like the earth, you know? And I'm new. I'm naked. I'm like how I was born. I'm sitting here and I'm having this moment with myself in this place. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, a lot of people don't have that. But I think... The funny thing is the intimacy that it's created between the two people, the photographer and the model, right? It's not a sexual, I mean, it could be theoretically, but for me, it's not a sexual, we're just intimate as humans. Yeah. And that's really difficult for people to understand, I I hear, um, that that is the possibility, that a male photographer could shoot a naked woman and not be turned on. But nearly anybody is. You know, I I thought about this because... You have to get into a little part of your head. I was talking to a, one of my friends about this and because it's such a, you know, it's a tricky conversation. It is. Because I want people to enjoy the image. Mm-hmm. And because the work leans into sex and death, then it's like I have to get right to closer to an edge. Yes. Right. So my head has to sometimes go, is this hot? 
Does she look good? Does she look hot here? I mean, please. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, it, and when she sees a picture where she looks hot or she looks like terrified, like she's about to die. Like those are like some people are like, Oh my God, I look like I'm going to die. This is the most amazing image ever. Just as much as like, I get that kind of reaction from someone's like, Oh my God, I look hotter than blah, blah, blah. And so you have to like, it's a weird spot where you put your mind where you have to, you have to be it's like, I don't want to say you become asexual, but you become like a little asexual yeah. where you turn it off completely and you're like, okay, I'm going to see this girl completely nude in front of me and I'm going to look at her and she's going to be fucking hot and I'm going to make her look hot and I'm going to find her angles and find her hottest angles. Mm -hmm. And you have like this like moment, you're like, ah, that's it. But then you can't, there's a professional level where you're like, well, I can't cross that line. Like you could, yeah, yeah. you could, but I don't want to end up on a list. Yeah, please. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, no, we talked about this also, the photographer yesterday. I thought it was interesting because I've never, see, this is the thing on my end too, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be embodying my own sensuality in front of the camera, right? Yeah. And I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm asexual in front of your camera just so you would never think of me in any kind of way. You know, I don't. As long as it, the safety is established, I need to be sensual and like in my body and like there, you know? Yeah. So it is difficult. It's like a difficult line to walk because I'm not there for the person. I'm there for the, for the creation. Yeah. Right. But that means I will have to feel myself. Like, I need to finger myself right here. Finger my, I said, feel myself. The fact that you've been fingering yourself during this podcast the entire time has been <laughs> like, so I just acted like it's nothing big, but I'm like, <laughs> I just came seven times during this podcast. He's just watching. He's like, I'm asexual. Like, I I'm guess just, I'm just, this is what she does. This is just, this, this is a normal meeting. <laughs> He's like, uh, it happens all the time with her. It's kind of slightly disturbing, but okay, I'll I just, deal with it. You know, you've heard me say this before, but it's just funny how, you know, because of the 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 clients that I have and the, it's all women and it's all like sex and death and artists. Yeah. So it's like literally, it's, and I just talk like this all the time. It's like, of course he talks. You know what I mean? It's like this thing was like, it's, it was like Michael Donovan made a joke about me fingering myself <laughs> in a podcast. Like, yeah, of course he did. He's uh, done. He's done. Like uh, he's done. Uh, I'm done with the, you know what I mean? I'm just, I mean, we, I think we wouldn't be able to create the way we create if we would censor ourselves with each other. No. If you have to censor no. yourself for HR. Oh my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, I know I can't. How do I put it? Cause I feel that I'm free and I see how other people are not free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like a lot of my work represents freedom as well because you are going to fucking die. <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And uh that that person's going to see your body at it, it, it's gonna see you like after you just pissed yourself or your fluids are leaking out of your body and they're gonna see you for who you are in this moment. And people are really missing the boat because they're so focused on on, on being proper mm -hmm, yeah. and being right. And like, obviously it'd be very hard to go to work if everybody's like joking about fingering themselves at work <laughs> in an office. It's obviously not gonna work like that. Yeah, but I think there's something to, to be honest for me, art has, art's job is not to be PC. But, it, and that's the, I agree. We cannot do art if you have to think about being politically correct and okay for everything. This is exactly not the job that art is supposed to do. Yeah. And for me, this is very difficult because obviously, I mean, 
we can talk about like um, safety and equality and protection. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the freedom of art needs to be there. It's freedom of speech to a certain degree, but it's also because we're humans, we have this experience that isn't just black and white, right? We need art to not feel alone. And if art cannot talk about these things that are shameful and hidden and like painful or beautiful, then then what is it for? Well, not only that, but we can't get deeper. It's like if yeah. you look at the, the iceberg analogy, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of the like art. Like the consciousness too. Yeah. Like, so yeah. all of the art that we've seen is the top of the iceberg. Everybody's seen that image. But it's like all the art that we've seen is the top of the iceberg. And you think of that very bottom, bottom, bottom part. We're not even close to excavating anything down there. We're still, there's there's a lot of art that's still very superficial. It's very much at the top. So the yeah. the more that we can go just a little bit deeper, the more that will rise up and then we can keep going deeper as a culture, as a society. Yeah. It's like when the aliens finally fucking land <laughs> and they're like, because they're probably watching finally. us. I think that they're going to be very curious about like our emotional depth. You know, they're, I think that's mm -hmm. going to be a big part of it. And they're going to look at our art and they're going to look at our lives and they're going to look at how we're interacting. And I think there's a lot more depth. You know what yes. I mean? There's a lot more depth. That, and the only way is going to get there is through art. Absolutely. I agree. You know, like it's, it's going to be through poems, it's going to be through uh, stories, it's going to be through movies and film and books and fo photos and illustrations. And that's what's, that's what's great about TalesOfLara.com. <laughs> well, actually, maybe now we should do like a good like roundup on it again. Okay. <laughs> Michael and I um, have worked on TalesOfLara.com, which is basically the first part of a co bigger concept. Um, and there you can do a lot of different things, right? So it's kind of a new form of a sex shop, not the way we think of a sex shop. It's the way a sex shop will be. Exactly. So it's not like... a culture shop. It's a culture shop. It's a sensual culture shop. I fucking love that. There is different parts to it. There is um, book reviews I wrote and film reviews I wrote from like my favorite erotic books and erotic films, or really films that just have erotic elements to them. Yeah. Um, and then there is an art shop where in this art shop you can buy different prints, erotic prints of artists and photos of me and the illustrations, like everything. Illustrations. And it's going to grow. Yeah. It's going to, it's just more and more. So art. you can get some like artwork. And this is actually, you know, what we talked about too a little bit. So if you have artwork at your home, in your home, a lot of people I think kind of shy away from like having erotic art at their house. Right. Yeah. A little bit because it's this thing like what if you're like, I don't know, your your parents in law or whatever come over yeah. <laughs> you're like, and there's like Lara fingering herself uh, on the wall. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of kidding. Um, no, but I think there's something about like if if sexuality is accepted in like a broader sense in society. Right. Yeah. That will also be more OK, because then you're like, oh, this is just part of being human. So like, look. Well, it's like, you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, you fingering yourself in front of people. <laughs> you mentioned this so many times today that I'm like, okay, I go in with In front it. of somebody's uh, mother-in-law. But then you think of... <laughs> I never said this. But then you think of, uh, you think of um, like in India where they have like the, is it the Shingalinga? What is it called? Tantra? No, no. Well, Tantra is a part of the culture too, but that's that's like a bigger thing. But um, I want to say it's, what is it, the Shing... What is it? I'm sorry for fucking up. But basically, it's like these like penises that are everywhere. Okay. And it's like for like you want to have 
uh, like if you want to have a kid or I'm, I fact check me on this. I'm totally wrong, but I'm like slightly right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Should uh, I check it? Yeah. Check it out. A friend of mine that went to India, she's Indian. She was telling me about it, but I'm not finding anything about it. But then I found these other ones are in, uh, the Lingam fertility shrines, uh, that are in Bangkok. I mean, I found this one. It says, uh, devotees take giant phallus in procession in India. A large group of devotees took out nearly a 10 feet long phallus in a religious procession. The crowd, yeah. compromising mostly of men, also carried large traditional Indian paintings showing copulation, uh, copulating couples. Yeah. And you look at like, okay, so this is in Bangkok and you can explain what we're looking at. Yeah, it's a lot of dicks. But <laughs> so, like there's a, there's also a penis festival in Japan. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. In a lot of cultures, there is an acceptance towards sex and and yes, the, a thousand percent. Ancient cultures, especially, if you think about how they portrayed sex in art, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, this was completely normal. This was a normal part of life that nobody actually considered shameful. You know, they're just like, oh, we're all fucking. Like, obviously, I'm going to make art about that because that's part of our life. Yeah. Um, and clearly, we can go through the history of um, humankind and like figure out where sexuality was instrumentalized and used for oppression or whatever, right? Yeah. But it also meant like sexual art was being banned. And yeah. there's so much still to be found and still to actually well, there's reevaluate that. maybe. This goes back to the image that we shot of the butt plugs. Yeah. Right. Yes. So we shot some products um, on the site for a guide where I recommend like my favorite products um, and you can get some promo codes. So you get 10 percent off on, on most of my favorite stuff. But yeah, we shot together some product shots. Yeah. And so in the product shots are these alien looking butt plugs. Yeah, I love and, them. <laughs> well, and, and here's Should the thing. Should I not this, What's this that? like enthusiastically? I'm like, I love them. I love them. <laughs> I'm wearing four right now. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but the thing is, like, so the way that I shot these is that the whole concept of how I shot, how I'm shooting the products for it is that I want everything to, you know, feel like art that you'd put on your walls. Yeah, I like posters. And literally you can put these pictures of these plugs as a as wall art, and nobody would know those are even butt plugs. No, they look like aliens. They look, yeah, they're little so aliens. Cute. <laughs> they're really cute. <laughs> Everybody, I, literally, when I sent it off to my buddy that you know he's a big mid-century design collector, he's like, "I want these. I want this. I want this on my wall." And so, yeah. the, where I'm where I'm going with it is like that's also part of this whole strategy is that to to normalize it to the fact that if someone did have something on their walls, you wouldn't think twice. But yeah. then the people that see it understand it. And it's also like if a mother-in-law did see that, she she might be like, those cute little aliens <laughs> kind of make me feel like butt plugs. And she doesn't have to know, oh, those are butt plugs. Yeah, or yeah. it could be, these are butt plugs. And she knows and you know. And, and she you, knows that you know. <laughs> yeah, and, but you guys can joke about it. Or it could be yeah, yeah. this subcontext. And that's kind of the point of where um, I think we're – it's like kind of like the entry for yes. a lot of this is just kind of showing people like we can you can have things laying out that that like okay I have a friend this friend that whenever I visit her so I go over there and uh, I go I go into her kitchen and I sit down uh, but she always has like her bedroom door open and her vibrator is always there yeah it's just always there it's like it's mine, always yeah. there and I uh, it's this funny thing where. I don't care. We all, you know what I mean? That's where we need to be in society. 
Where Absolutely. we just don't care. We don't care. It's just like, oh, here's but this your... Is, the, the more often you see this, this is giving permission. I mean, this is the whole thing that I'm trying to do, really. But, for example, with the vibrator, I I forget my sex toys, like, in my... Like, after I wash them all the time in my bathroom. And my friends make fun of me all the time. They're like, and I went to your bathroom, and I saw all your toys. And well, I'm the like, fact that you I'm still like, oh, leave sorry. the giant dildo in the plunger, <laughs> like, the suction cup inside the <laughs> toilet. You're so stupid. <laughs> no, but I think there is, like, a normalization for that, right? And even with dating... um. I have my sex toys like in my bedroom. So they're out. They're not in like a drawer. So it's just like if, you know, if I meet somebody new, for example, um, or the person I'm dating right now, just like saw the, the sex toy and was like, oh, is that a sex toy? I'm like, yeah, it's a sex toy. You know, so it's just like I'm not ashamed of it. So it becomes more normal for the person immediately. Yeah. Right. And so even if you see her vibrating, you're like, oh, she's not hiding it. And then you're like, oh, whatever, it's normal. You know, so and I think that's the same thing with all of what we are doing here. If we are calling it like rebranding sex, but the idea is that that part of us is not shameful and yeah. we can have it out. And the more yeah. people that do that, the more people will think like, oh, that's totally normal. You know what I mean? But I, I, I kind of want to segue that also into or just play with it a little bit with that goes into the, the work that I do. Yeah. Where these sure. two things about sex and death, like these are the two biggest taboos. Yeah. And they're in your face. And then everybody's so weird about them. And I'm weird about really them. Happening. I'm around them all the time. Yeah, and basically they're happening to all of us. Like, you know. Yeah. But it's okay. Happening to us. Happening to us. I, I hope sex is not happening to you. <laughs> it's happening right now. <laughs> I'm fingering myself right now. <laughs> sex is also made interesting because it's so taboo. Right. The fact that I didn't know that much about sexuality makes me so much more fascinated about it. The people are not telling me that much about female sexuality or when I was young, especially. That makes me fascinated. If somebody would have explained all to me, I probably wouldn't have to do what I'm doing. I'm calling bullshit oh, with something what? you just said. Female sexuality. Do you think they said anything about male sexuality? Oh, yeah. A lot of people do. No, what has it been? It's been a joke. Oh, he's jerking off or yeah. he's fucking a girl. But that's it. At There's least, never been. Well, like, you just have a different permission. I'm not saying you have no problems, <laughs> but you have a permission to joke about that. We didn't. Even, I didn't even have fucking a joke about jerking off. Now I do. Okay. But you know what I mean? That's fair. It was not in pop culture. There's not like, ha, ha, she's jerking off. You're like, first of all, that it just never came up like that. So I didn't have it in my cultural frame of mind. Do you remember the MPAA ratings for women uh, coming? What, wasn't it crazy that not even in face she could have an orgasm? Or yeah, crazy? it was like it was an R-rated if she if you showed a woman having an orgasm in any sort, in any way. But then a man could and it would be PG-13. Exactly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm not saying this is not like some big conspiracy. It's literally how yeah. pop culture yeah. was portraying it, right? Yeah. So I just didn't know much about it. Clearly, that's more fascinating. It's like when you t tell a child something they are not allowed to talk about it. Then you're like, why? You know, you get curious. Yeah. And if you're a curious person, you get more and more curious. I'm trying to think of ways that the reverse of it, because you, you know how I work where I think like that, like I have to call like, I'll call it bullshit if I think that there's like, the, you know, because the, yeah. the, the whole culture thing, I, I definitely am like watching it carefully to be like, hey, what? So it's like, what would be something that women could in terms of sexuality that women had that men didn't? Because like, you could also take like slut shaming, like that was like, more toward women. Yeah. But what was, I know there has to be some things where women had some. I think we are. You know what I mean? Some dominance that, yeah, in culture. I think, I think we're allowed a little bit more because we are more 
quote unquote. I, I love this phrase because I use it all the time for my poetry the other way around, like object of desire. So we find ourselves like our bodies are desirable and sensual in that sense. And we get a lot of compliments for our bodies and for, you know, and I think men don't feel very often as the object of desire. Yeah. And so there's going to be a handful of women that are like, you're objectifying me. And it's interesting because there's a lot of women. No, I too say that, that I use men in my poetry. I changed it around for me. For me, men are the object of yeah. desire of my poetry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's so I think what's They're happening is like a lot of, of there's a, there's a handful of women that will be like, this is terrible that we're, ob you're objectifying us mm. for the object of desire. And they don't understand what it's like to not be an object yes. of desire. You know, it's like this joke that I have with, I, that I, how I see the world, where if a woman, if you want to go fuck, right, you can go downstairs, uh, stand outside on the street, just hanging out there and be like, hey, I'd like to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's exactly how I would do that, yeah. No, uh -huh. that's all you had to do is like, I'd like to fuck. And hey, mister, how, I would like to you just, have just sex right now. Just whisper it out, I'd like to fuck. And, and, and men would be like, what, what did you say? And then like all these men would just like circling you, like, hey, do you want to do this? Like they're like they're they're just like chasing. It's like the semen and the egg. They're like going <laughs> at it, right? Uh you could look like trash. You could, you know what I mean? You could be coming back from the gym, whatever the fuck. Like you could look awful, smell awful, whatever. And there's gonna be a man that's like, yeah, I'll fuck it. Uh <laughs> yay. <laughs> but a man could go out there. And his body could be in shape. He could be uh, like very intelligent. He could be humorous. And he could sound like, I'd like to fuck. He's not going to get any of that attention. No, he won't. And not like that anyway. Yeah, yeah, so you're invisible. Like you're invisible and you have to work hard. You have to work hard just to, just to fuck. <laughs> you know? I know. I know. Yeah, I know. I'll get something so about that. I'm so, just, yeah. I think that's the equivalent of it. Yeah. How, and we have to like where this whole new wave of everything of culture it's like guys calm the fuck down because everything is a mirror it's like a, yeah. a funny a funhouse mirror so whatever you think that your poor me poor me is someone else has a poor me poor me as well yeah. but the but stop being a little bitch about it <laughs> yeah because but it's also like if you go in with a different mindset for example I think it's very funny if I have this in general in life that I yeah. find this interesting, but I think if we equivalent to sex and like um, intimate relationships, I find, for example, I tell my partners, right? Um, I'm like, I find you beautiful. Or like I'm in bed and I say like really, you know, like really things that most men I don't think yeah. hear very often. So they get a little weird about it, right? In the beginning, yeah. they're like, Okay. And I'm like, no, thanks. I just mean it. Yeah. Thanks. Bump you. Yeah. They're like, okay. But you know We don't know how to take compliments. Because exactly, we don't but, get them. Exactly. But to like just slowly make it make them more comfortable or make my yeah. partner more comfortable with like me being like, I want you. Like I find you beautiful, right? No matter what you think about yourself or whatever, yeah. I give that to you because I want you to know that I see you this way. Yeah, like a men are just, we are train wrecks, essentially, the way <laughs> this kind of scene, like no one's like, you're beautiful. You yeah, know what I mean? but this goes back to like what I've said actually in a couple episodes now, because I find this concept so fascinating, um, that, right, like uh, traditionally speaking, and this is like allowance, this is something else where actually it comes back to what you were saying. Men uh, are used to being rejected yeah. a lot um, before they have sex, and even if they're in a partnership about sex, Right. Um, they're always like thought of the person who has to want more sex mm -hmm. and always the partner wants less than them. 
This is like the cliche. Of what's yeah. And that's, first of all, a horrible thing, right? Because you just, you think that you kind of nearly have to convince people to fuck you. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> that's nuts. And you rarely feel like you're wanted, like really intensely wanted. Yeah. Yeah. That's like this uh, joke that I saw that, um, I, I don't think the person was joking, which is the sad part, but it's like men will never be, men are never really appreciated until they have money in the bank. Mm. Mm, okay. You know, and there's some truth to it. And it's this funny thing where for, for some people, yeah. Mm-hmm. For a lot of women. Yeah. You know, a lot of women this they they uh it, I think we should kind of understand it's like it's more common than but it's not talked about is that women control sex, men control marriage. Oh, interesting. I haven't thought about this. Are you sure? Well, think about it in this way. You can say no. And yeah. I've got if I'm a if I'm like a normal person, I'm gonna like I either have, I have to kind of like work a little more. I have to like, you know, like, what is it? What is it? How do I get her turned on? How do I get like, how do I get her? So she wants me, you Mm -hmm. know? And, uh, but you can just keep saying no. And I've got to like honor that, you know, uh, you're very few women go to men. And if a, if a woman goes to a man, it's either like what's wrong with her or, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like we're in a really fucked up situation. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Like, fuck. Like this is, what what do you, wait, what? Yeah. Suck my dick right now. What the fuck? (laughs) Suck it. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, I'm in a dream. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here's a fucking dream girl. And like, you don't want to let her go, but it's like. So that's that part. And then what ends up happening is like, who's on their fucking knees with the the ring? And what it's, that whole conversation is this, this man's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give you my dowry. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to give it's you funny, but it used to be all different. my resources. If we talk about marriage though, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> marriage is, uh, it was just like, an, it's basically a contract, right? And it's really fucked. A woman really was just not even bought yeah. She was given away plus money. Just fucking take this thing. It's yours now. You own it. And there's dowry was given from the the family of the woman to the man so he could like care for her. Yeah. Because he bought her. So marriage is like a weird, it used to be a very weird concept. I want you to one more time tell people a little bit about the the shop that we are building. I think that we're working on this huge, beautiful project of normalizing, uh, not even normalizing, it's like creating a space, like creating a new conversation about sex and making it so it's just part of everyone's life, like the way that it should be yes. and it could be. And it bridges, I mean, the first thing that we put on that site was culture. Yeah. You know, it was like culture yeah. and shop. That was the yeah. first thing I was like, we need the culture section because these are the stories. This is the art. So we're literally focused on the culture, like bringing it, pushing it into culture, like finding what is in culture already. It's um, helping artists get more of a voice for their work. It's helping people that like art and like having nice things in their home to be able to find things and know where they can go to get the stuff. They're not finding this on Saatchi art. They're not finding (laughs) this on, uh, they're not going to find this at Adam and Eve. They're going to try to copy, (laughs) but it's not going to be the same. No, it can't be. It's this, this thing where you bringing all of like the best of these and leaving out all the worst of this like cultural institution this not institution but this cultural thing that eventually will be everywhere and 
Hopefully. Amen. And all of these people that, you know, we talked about this before off like a few weeks ago, we were talking about this, about how funny our world is because, you know, like we're not in the commercial space and we're not in the sex space. Yeah. We're in the in-betweeny space. Totally. And like for me, it's like I'm in the sex death space where I'm like, I'm not a death worker, but I'm right next to them. Yeah. And I'm not next to, I'm not in the sex, I'm not in sex work, but I'm right next to these people. Yeah. And, and it's very tricky because some people are like, oh, what are you like? You know, there's like, the normies they're like oh what is that (laughs) and the space that you're creating is to kind of show them like it's not fucking weird you're weird you know you're (laughs) You're weird weird and it's it's okay that you're weird but it's like that part where you think it's weird that's weird yeah so it's erasing that weirdness and like letting that it'll be a distant memory it's like what we were talking about before the podcast how it's like we talk about psychedelics yeah so if people want to know what the the site is like what what it's doing because when I first started my podcast in 2014, I talked about mushrooms and ayahuasca, and it was like nobody was doing it at the time in the fashion industry. No one talked about this, like how weird it was at that time. And I'd have to explain what DMT was. Yeah. And I had to I'd explain what a podcast was. I'd explain to every single person what a podcast was. It's so funny. I had to Seven do that. Seven years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. You don't have so, to do that anymore. No, 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 anymore. No. Like, because a bunch of people laid the groundwork so you wouldn't have to. We're laying the groundwork so that when people think of like sex shops, they're not like, It'll be this weird memory of like, remember when sex shops were weird? Yeah. This remember is exactly you go to a sex to shop be. and it'd be like fucking giant dildos <laughs> and weird plastic with uh, <laughs> big titty, fake titty girls in lace, like everywhere. Like red lace was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to kill the red lace industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Red, big red lace is like, no, we will crush them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows who's going to come out for us? No. Wow, yeah, that was a great way to put it. Anyways, you guys, check it out, chillsoflora.com. Wait, so they get a promo code, yeah? Yes. When you go on a website, <laughs> um, you can get 10% off um, with Laura 10 the promo code. I'm going to put it into the description as well, I guess, so you guys can find it. You can use Laura 10 <laughs> or you can use that. That'll be there. I'm going to go in the back end. Okay. I love that I have this weird little thing that I can he do does. here. Okay. I'm going to go in the back end, <laughs> and I'm going to make a promo called promo code. It's all going to be lowercase letters. Big dick pussy suck 69. Please use big dick pussy suck 69. <laughs> big dick. If you want 10% off. Pussy suck 69. No, you guys check it out um, and, you know, enjoy. And then also, how can people find your work? Oh. Michael the God Donovan. Here's what you do. You close your eyes. You just imagine... A god. <laughs> a god. And I'll just like, every time you do that, I'm right there with you. He'll, he'll appear. <laughs> just think of my spirit coming into your space. It's like slightly and just terrifying. like, just putting my finger on your forehead and being like, you are blessed Thank God now. it was the forehead. I was like a scared for a second. <laughs> I, put, I put my finger on your foreskin. <laughs> or your labia. I just put it right there. Whatever you have. <laughs> Whatever flap of skin you got going on. <laughs> I'll put my finger right there, and you've been blessed. You've been blessed, my child. Oh, my God. <laughs> go, go to the michaeldonovan.com. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Yep. Thank you for having me. Mm, always. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on Pillow Talk. And please check out our incredible guest, Michael Donovan, at the Michael Donovan on Instagram. 
Also, please go check out TalesOfLara.com and get 10% off with promo code Lara10 or Michael's promo code BigDickPussySuck69 for your first order. If you like today's show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us keep the show going. Or if it's simply tell a friend about the show, that will be amazing too. See you next Sunday.